Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Rogue Watch Knobs, and you have made it to episode 38. What's up, man? Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I feel like that, that was a fast start. I was like, hey, this is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just run out the room. It's just me by myself for an hour and a half talking about my feelings. You know what I mean? Should we Should we change the way that we do the intros? Like, I, don't uh, any, I don't know any other way to do it. This is all I know. <laughs> this is all I know. I'm like the guy that's worked at the arcade for 40 years, just changing like the coins out of like the, out of, like, the token machines. This is all I know. <laughs> uh, how's, how's your week going? We're doing, we're recording on Friday. How are you? It is a Friday. How are the cats? Uh, the cats are good. Uh, I have discovered recently that I'm a monster. I did something awful. I killed something, Michael. Okay. I killed a thing. Uh... <laughs> All right. My, 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 like, like, and, and like not to eat. I wasn't like, I wasn't like, you know, like, 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 like kicking a deer to eat it. Like I had just killed something and left. You okay. Know what I mean? Sure. Um, and so, you know, my fiance and I, we're in the car and we're talking and we're talking about like the, our, our wedding, which is coming up in January and like wedding invitations and save the dates. And they're just, just <clears> things <throat> I'd never really accounted for because I thought when I agreed to enter the marriage situation, I would just wake up one day and show up. On the day of, no. But there's just a whole, there's a whole fucking, a whole lot of things that we have to plan, you know. And it's just, and so we were talking about that, and we're in the car, and I'm driving, and she's talking to me, and I'm kind of like not paying attention to the road when I should have been paying attention to the road. And so I'm driving, I'm driving, and then probably going like fifty or sixty miles an hour, you know what I mean? Okay. And so as we're driving, I notice her gaze turns away from me and goes over my shoulder to like the driver's side window and she has this weird look on her face and I'm like, what the fuck? And I go and I look, there's this bird, there's two birds, there's two crows, okay? And the crows are flying directly towards my car. And I have enough time in my head to be like, no way. There's no, they're gonna move. There's no way. Uh, uh, I basically just decimated one of the birds with 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 my car. He didn't move. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it he happens. Was, he was he flew and it just it 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 was one minute he was alive and he was animated and he was conscious and when my windshield connected with him the blunt force trauma i guess just 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 threw all the life out of his body because he just like turned to like a stone like his his wings came in and he just like it was like a hollow empty thud and and my fiance's screaming and i'm like oh this is this is now forever what i'll associate my wedding invitations with you know what i mean <laughs> Just fucking just just decimating this poor bird. I'm so sorry, bird. I, well, I was more concerned about the bird's friend. What did the friend think of me? You know what I mean? It probably thought you were like a, another animal or something. That I don't know. Maybe it was just like the circle of life to him. Maybe maybe he was like, well, it was Frank or me, and Frank was slower. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, Have you? It's okay. There, there are too many birds in this world. Anyways. I don't. I love birds. I don't think there are too many birds, especially crows. I think crows are badass, man. Have you ever killed? A, have you ever killed a thing with your car? I've never killed a thing with my car. Oh my uh, god, Becky! Becky was telling the story about how she ran over a bunny once. 
That's you that's pretty. I mean? that, that sucks. That's <laughs> awful. And the thing is, she's telling me this story, and she's just bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, you know, baby, you have to finish. But you you have to finish your story. But she's just telling me this story and just crying. And I, I just yeah, I just gotta sit there and take it, man. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I like birds, but in Seattle they're too big. Like, if you see a, if you see a seagull he, or like an albatross here in like Seattle, they're like, dude, they come up to like your waist. They're dude, wait, huge. what the fuck? Aren't, aren't aren't albatross extinct? Is it? I don't think so. It sounds very extinct. Oh no, I'm 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 thinking of the condor. <laughs> or no con- no, the condor might be extinct. The dodo is super extinct. The dodo is super extinct. I'm pretty sure everyone in the Adventurers Club and the Adventurers Club just shot those things into extinction. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I think you can still see an albatross here and there. Rhyme and chime and the ancient mariner, dude. That's that's some crazy <laughs> shit, man. I, I I have not casually talked about an albatross <laughs> with someone. I don't think ever. You know what I mean? We're talking about birds a lot. Should we talk about watches? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess. I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Let's. 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 It's just been on my mind, and I've been upset for a while. I killed the bird. It's okay. There. You, there. There are. There are plenty of birds. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a. This is a vegan talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is fucking awesome, man. But yeah. No. 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 Um. Uh, so a lot to talk about. It's been a really, really cool week. Um. I think we're doing a topic today, which is just. I think that's something that's really intrinsic to something we've talked about. A little bit through a lot of episodes, we haven't dedicated a full topic to it, and I think, in all honesty, it's something that I, our, our users are. I really feel like our listeners and the people that go to our website. I feel like you guys are way smarter than like the average watch person, and that's not like facetious or hyperbolic or any type of bullshit. Michael, what the fuck was that? That's a motorcycle. Okay, okay. Was it? Was it? Because I thought maybe it was an albatross. Okay, <laughs> that's not no. That's not what they sound like. Isn't that what they sound like? I don't know. I think they're extinct. Who knows what they sound? Who knows what dinosaurs sounded like, dude? There's no. There's no way you can know what a dinosaur sounds like. You know what I mean? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I guess now they. I guess now they had feathers too. That kind of ruined my idea of dinosaurs. <laughs> well, the, well, the idea is that some of them have feathers. Some of them didn't. You know what I mean? So it's just. I've been watching Jurassic Park a lot because for some reason AMC was doing a marathon where they played Jurassic Park every single day. Oh, okay. I don't know why. So I watched Jurassic Park like five nights in a row. <laughs> yeah, there are like 10 movies now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, after the first one. I watched the second one where it was just mainly focusing on Jeff Goldblum's character and I, I think he's fantastic on screen. I wish I saw Jeff Goldblum in more things. So and so I tried watching the second one and it was it was uh, it was pretty bad. I basically watched a war crime. <laughs> I yeah. might as well watching like the History Channel in like an Auschwitz documentary because that's what that fucking movie was like. You, you know? should see, you should see Jeff Goldblum in uh, Portlandia. He he has he plays Is he on, is he on that show? Yeah, he shows he shows up a, a few times and it's just it's perfect. <laughs> God damn it, man. But yeah, so like I was saying, um, this is not in no way hyperbolic or facetious or any type of like, uh, you know, nonsense. You guys, listeners, everyone that's listening to the show, people that go on the website, people that interact with us, email and Instagram, I think you guys are smarter than the average watch person because a lot of the things that we talk about with you guys on, uh, on, the, on the feed and on email is just kind of, you know, 
how finances work within the industry, not just in regards to, you know, brands charging for watches, but also watch press outlets. I mean, watch press outlets, especially like recently, there's been so much discussion behind how, like the methodology behind and what implications could be thereof with how a watch press outlet makes money, whether it's through, you know, ads or sponsored posts, or in some cases, in some cases, I'm not going to say who, actually charging for a review, which really compromises whatever shred of journalistic integrity you had, because that's what this is. And my, I really do feel that this is what we do on the website, even on the podcast, it's, it's, it's urology journalism. It's urology press. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the main topic for today. But before that, we have stuff we want to talk about, for, you know, um, but should we, should we, am I missing anything? Should we honor tradition and jump into the, the wrist check? Because I'm really excited about, about, about this wrist check. I want, I'm, I'm excited about what you're wearing. Let's, um, let's get into the giveaway details. I let's get into the giveaway first. details. Cause we, we kind of, te- we kind of teased it and I felt kind of bad. And I think we should let people know that they can now finally sign up to, uh, you know, to try to win this Seiko SKX 007 that we're giving away. Yeah, yeah. So at the time that you're hearing this podcast, if you go to the website and you scroll all the way down at the bottom, just like I was saying last week, if you caught last week, uh, I think someone's being murdered in the apartment above me. Mm. Wow, I, I hear that. Wow. You heard that too, right? Yeah, I, mm, I don't like this. Yeah. I have always assumed the people above me were like CrossFit sex freaks, just dropping weights and banging all the time because <laughs> all all I hear is noise. I just hear like noise and loud thuds. Like I, well, there it is I hear it. Wow that yeah. that sound that sounds like my upstairs neighbor. Jeez, dude, maybe 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 we have shell shock and we're just hearing noises. Maybe we have collective <laughs> shell shock. Yeah, I, actually, I don't even think it's called shell shock anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's like a World War One term. <laughs> maybe. I'm I don't not know. sure. But uh, so yeah, uh, the contest is open now for the two broke watch snobs, 2,000 follower giveaway, um, 2,000 followers on Instagram. The thing is, every time we get a follower, uh, it's just incredible because that's just one more person that is, you know, listening to the show and that we're hopefully entertaining, you know, on your commute or when you're at work or just kind of doing whatever, you know what I mean? So that's just that. I always love that. I love knowing that people are still digging the show. And so during... Yeah different follower milestones we want to give shit away and so for the 2000 <clears throat> follower giveaway one we are giving away the seiko skx and so uh to win to enter to win uh basically the way it works is we wanted people who weren't just on instagram to be able to do this so this is open basically for anyone so if you have so if you don't have an instagram and you've been listening and you felt left out in the first two giveaways we've done we are so fucking sorry but now everyone has the chance to win if you listen to this show so basically the way it works is um, you go to the website, twobrokewatchknobs.com. Again, that's twobrokewatchknobs.com. You scroll all the way down to the bottom. There's going to be a really, really nondescript uh, sign up for uh, uh, the newsletter. It's once every two weeks, which I feel is, is a good amount. It's not obtrusive. It's a friendly amount of times. It's not the point where you'll see emails every single day. Like we were, Michael, we and I were talking just uh, in the pre-discussion off air about emails we get from Zillow. Yeah. <laughs> so for people who people, it's depressing. I don't, know, I don't know how I don't know how prevalent Zillow is um and like outside this uh, the US or whatever but for people who don't know Zillow is basically a website that you can use to um, search uh, listings to purchase homes or to purchase property. Uh, usually it's for like residential stuff so like condos and single family homes and townhouses and things like that. And uh, 
we, I, I had signed up, like I had to enter my email to see something on their website forever ago because my fiance and I like, like you know, we like looking at that stuff every now and then. And for some reason, Zillow every single day sends me a fucking email. Like every single day I want to buy a new house. You know what I mean? I don't know what Zillow expects of me, but I don't need to hear from you every fucking day, guys. All right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're another one of the huge companies here in Seattle. Are they in Seattle? Yeah, it's like ex uh, ex Microsoft people that I, I think I think it's also the people that um, founded Expedia also in Seattle. Michael, why why is everything in Seattle? Should I be in Seattle? You if should I was be. Just, if you I was in be. Seattle, we could we could hang out. If I was in Seattle, yeah, dude, definitely. <laughs> God, I miss hanging out with you, man. Fuck. Yeah, God, yeah. Shit, dude. No, it sucks because um, these 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 are the people that are making. Uh, living here is super expensive. <laughs> Thanks, Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zillow. Assholes. Uh, so, so you know, just based off of that, uh, uh, we didn't want people to hear from us through email every fucking day. Like, getting a newsletter every day is fucking incredibly annoying. Like, I, I subscribe to some watch press outlets where that is the case, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, it, the, the newsletter is going to be once every two weeks. Um, it's going to have really cool stuff on there. So like, you know, uh, fun articles we had done. It's going to have episode highlights. It's going to have, I'm going to have a section in there. I'm going to do my fucking best to have a section in there for Seiko Catterday because more people need to know about Seiko Catterday. All right. <laughs> ah, God damn it. Um, and so basically, you know, that's it. To enter to win the Seiko SKX uh, 007, go to bookwatchknobs.com. You scroll to the bottom. You enter your email to receive newsletters. It's once every two weeks. Um, and the thing is, we're not like a crazy big organization or a business or whatever. Your email is just going, it's just going to us and we're just going to be emailing you the newsletter. Like, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, once we're not, we're not going to sell your emails. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't, I can't believe that's still even a thing. You know what I mean? But apparently it is. Yeah. Like, it's, people it's still, still like sell and buy emails. Still totally a thing. Yeah. God damn it, dude. Yeah. We're not going to sell. Why the fuck would we sell your guys' shit? That's fucked up. <laughs> we wouldn't be anything without you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, this giveaway is um, is funded by patrons. You know, that's yeah. that's part of the reason that we can give away a, a Seiko um, SKX 007. So um, yeah, it's weird. Oh. It's weird when you see like the Patreon stuff coming in, and you're like, wow, like we got to do something for you guys. You know? Yeah, so, that, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so we're gonna keep this going, man. You know, as long as folks are jumping on Patreon and contributing, you know, we're super happy to just do these giveaways. And the idea, I, I don't know, Michael, we didn't talk about this, so I probably should say, but whatever. But the idea is for every giveaway, I, I kind of like the idea of escalating. You know what I mean? Going, going, going up the price bracket? Not necessarily price bracket, but definitely like, you know, we did, we did the, 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 the SNK giveaway. Mm -hmm. We're doing the SKX giveaway. Mm -hmm. You know, if we do another SKX or another SNK giveaway, you know, it would have to be like in conjunction with like something else. You know what I mean? Like this and like, I don't know, like a strap code bracelet or something like that. Or or potentially upping the price bracket. It really depends. But like, I just, I don't, I always want the giveaways to feel new and refreshing, but still have it be shit that people want. You know what I mean? Do you think we can uh, one day give away like a, a Richard Mille split second chronograph? No, because we're gonna keep it, sell it, split the profits, and just 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 move next to each other. <laughs> bye guys. <laughs> bye, yeah, bye guys. I mean, I, I I don't. I why would I give away my meal ticket, Michael? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. Uh... Right. 
So, uh, so yeah, you go to the website, you want to enter, it's going to, the details are up there now, or the, 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 the little module at the bottom of the website is there now, twobrokewashnaps.com. So uh, you type in your email, you hit submit, or yeah, it'll say submit, and then um, you'll get a confirmation email, and then uh, kind of letting you know that you've been entered to win, and uh, yeah, that's it. I think we're going to have this one open for what, one week or two weeks? I think we can do two weeks. I feel like two weeks is a good number. We've had good success with that. So yeah, two weeks. So yeah, that's the case, you know. And if there's any confusion, um, because I, I am a little hopped up right now on on, uh, on beer um, in regards to the directions I've given, you know, email us. We can clarify anything. But basically, if you want to win the Seiko SKX for the Two Broke Watch Knobs 2,000 follower giveaway, go to BrokeWatchKnobs.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, sign up for the newsletter, which happens once every two weeks. You'll get a confirmation email. Boom, you're entered. That's it. Bam. Bam. Now, and now we can do the wrist check. Now we can do the wrist check. Michael, what are you wearing? So I'm wearing a watch that I've had for a while, but I haven't talked about at all. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I'm I'm really sorry for not talking about it sooner because people have seen it and they're probably wondering <laughs> where, where the review is or, or why I haven't said anything about it. But uh, so I'm wearing one of the three Gavox Avidivers that we received uh, courtesy of Michael at Gavox uh, for a review. So today I'm so wearing fucking cool. Yeah, today I'm wearing the Black Dial Gavox Avidiver with the rubber strap that it comes with because it's, cool. because it's a really hot day and I'm I'm melting right now because <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> but uh, I, it was a good day to wear a watch with a rubber strap and um, why the hell not? So this this Avidiver is kind of. I think I would say that it's maybe like their flagship model. Would you say so? I would say, I mean, I, I feel like it's definitely one of, like, if you think of Gavox, that's the piece you think of, or in, it's also one of their more recognizable pieces. But but Michael over at Gavox, I mean, there's just, he's expanded the product line beyond the Avidiver, and there's more stuff coming. But that Avidiver, I would say, is probably one of the more um, recognizable models. Yeah, so I got to I got a chance to get on a call with Michael and talk about the Avidiver at first, and um, he's he's probably one of the most passionate people I've ever spoken to, yeah. <laughs> passionate passionate yeah. about watches, um, super positive, super hardworking, mm -hmm. and he's he's very very proud of the Avidiver. Um, it's a dive watch with that's kind of blended with a ton of like aviation inspired aesthetic features. So, um, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a fully functional diver, but it does so with a very interesting, and I think, you know, I haven't seen this in any other watch. So it has an, in, instead of having an internal, Jesus, there are so many motorcycles outside. What, was, what the <laughs> fuck was that? I guess people like their motorcycles here in West this Seattle. <laughs> goddamn Albatross again, dude. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a it's a two it's a dual a twin crown uh, watch. I went from yep. two to dual to twin there. Um, <laughs> twin crown watch, um, but instead of a full internal rotating bezel, there's this single rotating triangle that goes around the inside of the watch, and um, you can use that to track your um, elapsed time uh, if you're going down for a dive or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, and we can link this in the uh, in the show notes. But he also has a couple different tricks on how to use it as like a, a GMT or as like chronograph yeah. or a countdown timer, and it's, it's really cool. And I and I try those features out. You know, on on the call, you know, he was like, 
he showed me how to position the triangle to track time <coughs> in um in Belgium where where he is um and it's really not that complicated actually it's it's pretty pretty damn cool mm-hmm. um but of course you know for someone like me who grew up you know reading about airplanes and like going to air shows with my dad and watching like 90s episodes of wings on the discovery channel um <laughs> i really appreciate the uh the aesthetic of this watch it's kind of um it takes a lot of cues from like you know instrument panels like an altimeter or like a um actually even the gavox logo looks like a like a turn coordinator um mm-hmm. you'd see in a cockpit so that's pretty cool um sandwich dial and cool. on the um what i like most about the black dial is that the the loom is like kind of blue i think it's bgw9 oh cool um, so just like over like shining through like the black dial on that like sandwich layout is like so damn cool and the orange triangle itself is also loomed so it's like an orange colored loom we should I, try and do a loom shot with that thing yeah yeah which i haven't seen before um but it's pretty, pretty freaking cool, man. Uh, Miyota ninety fifteen on this one. Yep. Um, so rock solid movement hacks and hand winds, and uh, you know I've spent a lot of time with these three models. We have one in um, with a blue dial on like a, a NATO strap. That that blue one's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's really and nice. It is so fucking cool. <laughs> and actually, actually, my wife has been wearing the. Um, the white dial with the orange strap. She really likes that one. Oh, nice. That yeah, nice. yeah. That, I, t- I told Michael and he was super happy to hear that. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what I'm wearing today. And um, I should get my ass in gear and finish that review. So <laughs> you guys can can hear more of my thoughts on it. But yeah, that's, that's the thing is, what, what, so I, I, I caught up with Michael last year at Windup. Um, Michael Happy, or however you say his last name. I can't, I, I, we have to clarify last name, his last name with him. I'm pretty sure it's happy, right? It's happy. It's happy. He's, and he's actually the happiest person on earth. So that's, actually, that's it, what it he makes said. sense. <laughs> that's what um, he said. <laughs> so I caught up with him and it's 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 also, it's very evident he's passionate about his whole brand and specifically the Avid Diver. What I love about the Avid Diver is that it's an aviation watch. It has like a very, very strong aviation cues, but it's so fun. It doesn't take itself so seriously like a lot of other aviation-inspired watches will. You know what I mean? Like, we have to look like an instrument panel or, like, we have to really look like a serious piece of hardware, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the Avid Diver is a serious piece of hardware, but it's also just a, a really fun-looking watch, man. And a really fun watch to just actually interact with. Because the idea of that interior rotating bezel or the interior rotating triangle, having all those different functions, I mean, it's 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 encouraging you to, to engage with the watch, not just put it in your wrist and go about your day. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's meant to be used. It's meant to be, have, have fun with. And it's just, it's, it's really, really cool. It's just, it's just a pleasure to, to, to connect with uh, uh, Michael over at Gavox with these pieces, you know? Yeah. And the, so like you said, the, like the aviation themes in this watch, it's not, it's not as overt as something like a Bell and Ross, which is just like, blatant like strapping an altimeter to your wrist exactly um, right <laughs> you know this this kind of has that look but the sandwich dial makes it really unique um mm-hmm. and that triangle itself um you know if you look like if you look at like a low altitude um uh like in route chart like when you're filing like a flight plan or whatever which is like what pilots look like 
they fly from fix to fix and those are marked by these like little triangles um on the map oh, and, cool and so that's um i feel like that's where the inspiration came from too or at least or at least that's what it reminds me of when i look at it it should um, also be said that that michael from gabbox is actually a pilot he actually does fly you know yes. I mean? Yeah. He mentioned that to me. And also these watches, um, I'm not sure about the Avid Diver in particular, but he has supplied other watches to uh, fighter squadrons in Romania and Romanian uh, Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Belgium as well. So um, it's just so badass. Yeah. yeah. Pretty damn cool. And I, th- I actually think he's he's on a trip now kind of talking to different, you know, meeting up with different squadrons and stuff like that. So pretty, pretty impressive. And um Nice to see like a dive watch um, from, you know, from a smaller brand that isn't, I guess, an archetypal like diver. You know, it's it's just it's different. It's really do it's, do, it's do, do, do you mean do you mean not an homage? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I've become very disenchanted lately. So I do apologize. about, yeah. about you can, open, homage. you can open up that can of worms. <laughs> you can send you you can send your hate mail uh, to Kazmirza at Kazmirza.com. I don't think that's actually an email address. At altavista.com. At Altavista. <laughs> Wait, was- at, at, at Rocketmail, uh, <laughs> Rocketmail.com. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if Rocketmail still exists, actually. Yeah, but I am stoked, man. I, I um I love having these things around, and, and you know, Nora does too. She, she, I think she's wearing the the orange one at work today. It's really funny. She works at so a hospital. Now, she's wearing I'm an ex- orange watch. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's those are like emergency colors, orange, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. So what I'm excited about, I'm excited for two things. I'm excited for your review and your photos because your photos are, are 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 constantly kicking into awesome mode. So I always look forward to when you put stuff up on the feed. I'm also looking forward. To um, Michael from Gavox is uh, incidentally a very big fan of Seiko Catterday. <laughs> he always comments and likes all my Seiko Catterday pictures, and so I think when we were talking with him, we told him, um, you know, we'll take pictures of his avid divers with with my cats. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't have cats, so I'll have to send these over to you. Have fun. So you guys, you guys can look forward to the Gavox watches Seiko Catterday takeover. <laughs> hopefully coming to our instagram soon just as soon as we can get those watches from seattle over down here in orlando where i am <laughs> we can make that work um because i am i am extremely excited yeah. uh i love taking pictures of my cats <laughs> <laughs> yeah for those of you who aren't aware <laughs> i do the same thing with my dog that's Puppy. the the only the only thing i use my camera for <laughs> dog dog pictures man dog pictures Hashtag Chihuahuas of Instagram. It was funny. I was at Animal Kingdom, Disney's Animal Kingdom, um, and there's a safari ride. You know, you get into a truck and they drive you around looking at animals. And I was on the safari ride with with my camera, with my little Fuji. And so I'm taking pictures and I'm like, wow, this must be what people feel like on like actual safaris in Africa. And then I'm like, mm, no, I don't think so. I think there's more, I think there's more human, human despair and sweatiness and malaria to deal with. You know what I mean? You need uh, you need like the the three hundred millimeter like telephoto lens like oh the ones I can use as also a defense mechanism like it's a like, baseball bat when it's a like the size it's the size of your leg and you use that to take photos of like elephants perfect I can use it I can also use it as my prosthetic leg for when the lion tears my shit off I can just I can just I can just pop that motherfucker on and just peg like my ass all over the place you know what I mean <laughs> there you go yeah I'm here to take your pictures son. so what are you wearing. 
I am wearing the Seiko Blue Lagoon Samurai. I feel like it's been a while since I actually wore this watch, so put it on. I fucking love this watch. I mean, I still have it on the bracelet. I have worn it before on the rubber strap. It's the rubber strap that comes with the new Turtles, and it's, um... You know what's funny? You warned me about the rubber strap. You're like, now, you know, understand, you're gonna have, like, a lot of, like, strap left over. It's gonna dangle, and I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, you know, whatever. There is a lot of strap left over when you wear that watch, man. When you wear that strap. Yeah, you know it, it dangles It dangles a bit. And it's actually, the, the rubber is actually very similar to what you get on this Gavox uh, Avidiver. So if you, it's, if you it's like. It's like stretchy, you know? Yeah, if you like the soft kind of stretchy feel, like that's good. Uh, it does also attract a bit of dust. I don't know if you've noticed. I've noticed. But the thing is with those Avidivers, the one the ones that I interacted with, I wind up last year, um, it was blue. The strap was blue, so you didn't necessarily you won't see the dust as much. I don't know if he's I don't know if he sent blue rubber straps your way. Yeah, I there there is um there is the blue rubber strap here as well for the blue dial. Okay, it's this cool. one is just out of NATO. That's how I got it. Badass. Yep. But uh, yeah, so I'm wearing the blue looking samurai. Um, I have I have had it on the rubber strap before, and like I said, it was it was it was okay. The only you know what's weird is there's no there's only one like ring. To hold the strap in, usually on rubber straps on like NATO's, there's two rings. You know what I mean? If there's if there's two rings on the, on the rubber strap, I could keep that like extra, extra, extra dongage. I can't think of the better ways. Extra <laughs> hashtag extra dongage in check. You know what I mean? <laughs> if that if that if that rubber strap had a proper banana hammock, I could probably make it work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. You're right. That's about what that. I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know I love this watch. I think it's still pretty. Uh, uh, I just, I just, I love the blue, especially now that the Seiko's released the new non-limited edition Samurais, which are cool, but I just, I don't know, there's a strange, there's just something off about them, for me. I don't like them. personally. Michael Strayer just does not like them. I don't like (laughs) them. I don't like a lot of what Seiko's doing these days. (laughs) We can, we can turn this into one of those episodes. By these days, I mean 2017. (laughs) 2017, we're looking at you, Seiko. Um, but no, um, uh, I have this on the stock bracelet. I think this watch is great. Um, I was happy to put the review up on the website. Mm, I think a few months, a few months ago. I think it's yeah. been uh, that long. And um, the only complaint I will have, and okay, well, it's not really a complaint. I don't know the situation here, but the loom on my Blumo, on my Seiko Sumo SBDC033, is way better than the loom on my Samurai. Now, what mm. I'm noticing in just in me designing and fabricating the the, 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 the Rivka MTP1, my 3D printed watch, um, what I've noticed is loom, whatever your crystal material is, sapphire or mineral or acrylic, uh, it will block, like it will actually block sunlight from your loom. You know what I'm saying? So oh. what I've noticed is watches, and I could totally be crazy, someone correct me. What I've noticed is watches with sapphire crystals, I don't know why, the loom doesn't charge up as much as it would on an acrylic crystal. Or in the case of my Sumo, it's that Seiko Hardlex stuff. You know? Mm. It charges up super quick. It's super bright. But with the Samurai, because I was doing a side-by-side comparison with the Samurai, it always felt like the Samurai was just kind of clinging on or just shy of being as bright. Now, I don't know if maybe it's because they put more loom on the actual SBDC 033, the Seiko Sumo, um, and they put less on this uh, Samurai Blue Lagoon. I don't know what the case is, but I suspect it could be the crystal material because I don't know what this. I don't know if this crystal. I'm tapping right now. 
don't know if you hear that. I don't know if it's Hardlex or Sapphire. I, I, I don't, I don't it's it's Hardlex. I think it's I think hardlex. it's I think it's even Hardlex all the way up to the Marine Master, the SBDX zero one seven. Wow. Okay. So then, <clears throat> then it shouldn't be the Crystal. So I, I don't know what it is. That's my only complaint. But so having said that, that is not to say the Loom on the Blue Lagoon Samurai is bad. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's like being the second fastest runner in the world. That doesn't mean you're a bad runner, dude. <laughs> it still means you're pretty fucking fast. Okay? You know what I'm saying? So like this the loom of my samurai is is you know uh uh probably the second best loom. I'm trying to think of what other watches I have that have loom on it. Um the Stevrol is pretty high up there, but that has a sapphire crystal, a really thick sapphire crystal, so that loom charges but it doesn't hold the charge for very long, I'm finding. Um, my 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 Seiko Sumo, that thing, it catches sunlight and it, it clings onto it like that clingy girlfriend you had in high school. Calling you all the time, <laughs> hitting you up on AOL AIM. Just like, what are you thinking about? Well, I'm trying to take a piss if you really like have to know right now. like That's how clingy the loom is on that Bluma. <laughs> you let's, know what I mean? let's go watch Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know what i mean like that's how the loom is but 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 much more pleasant than that experience you know what i'm saying i, th I think it's i think it's possible that seiko might pay a little more attention to something like the blumo the sbdc 033 see i thought the opposite i thought since this was a limited edition they would take extra special care but since you just said that i think you're right because i i don't know if i pointed actually i could have i think i said this in the in the review the crown isn't stamped the crown is just blank Oh, the crown is the crowns aren't stamped. Like I said, all the way up to the SBD X zero one seven. Even the Marine Master doesn't have like a like a signed crown. Dude, my 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 my, my sumo's crown stamped. It has that fucking S, the Prospects S in it. Yep, yep. No, this uh, this doesn't have shit. Yeah, yeah. Seiko doesn't do that sometimes. So maybe to your maybe to your point, since it's limited edition, they don't. Not, not they don't care, but they don't focus so much on certain production aspects because it's not going to be in production. Yeah, it's, it's probably the same same crown that's like on my turtle or something, and you can find it on like other models. Mm -hmm. Well, well, the crown the crown is knurled, but there's no like, <clears throat> but like the actual flat surface of the crown is just like smooth. So it's like, like like that threw me off. Like it was, it was I I don't know if I I don't know if I said this. I know I couldn't have said it because I, I, I would have been an asshole. But I picked this up in the Seiko boutique. And I was looking at it, and I saw the crown was blank, and I almost said out loud, "Is this thing fake?" <laughs> <laughs> so, as somebody, so as somebody that owns, um, and I think I think some people would like to hear this too. As somebody that owns a sumo, because it's a very mm -hmm. popular watch, and as somebody that, that has um, a samurai, you've handled you've handled like my turtle before. I think last time we were like in the same city. Um, for somebody that has something like an SKX or um, like an SRP triple seven, is it worth it to kind of like jump to the um, jump to the sumo or jump to something even higher like an SPDX zero one seven Marine Master? I mean, those are complete different price ranges, though, right? Um, the Marine Master can be pretty reasonably used. Okay. Okay. So assuming you could, well, the thing is, you can get the sumo new for like three fifty, three hundred, I think. Yeah, that's true. <coughs> the thing, so here's the thing: the sumo in the in the entire products kind of line of under one thousand dollars Seiko uh, divers, the sumo is really weird. 
I love it because in my opinion, it is the more socially versatile watch. You can you can bang it up, you can take it wherever wherever the fuck you want. If you're if you're tracking the Indies or whatever the fuck it is you do in your free time, you can take it with you there. Or if you just, you know, are a desk diver like me, hashtag the desk diving life, it will totally work in an office. They've designed it in such a way where it's very visually appealing, but it also has that tool vibe, whereas an SKX is very, very visually appealing, but when you look at it, it's a tool watch, dude. It's it's a watch that looks tough. Yeah, you know? I, I felt I felt the same thing after spending time with the SBDC 027, the limited edition yes. sumo. Um, it was kind of like at times it felt a little flashy, like, but in a way that I could peacock, uh, like appropriately. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. No, no, that makes perfect sense. I, was, I, 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 saying it's flashy makes sense, but it's not, you know, um, um, I need to compensate for my lack of dongage flash. That, 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 that's, that's two dong jokes. That's two <laughs> dong jokes in one episode, Michael. <laughs> I don't need, you know what I'm saying? It's not like the, it's not like the, um, like that, that uh, like the midlife crisis Corvette purchase flashy. It's just a watch you can dress up. You can leave it on the bracelet and you can, it'll, it'll, it's very unique. I'm super happy I took a risk and I bought it. It's definitely not like any other Seiko diver. So okay. I don't, so. The sumo, the sumo. The sumo, mean. yeah, I apologize, the sumo. So if you were considering the sumo, kind of think of it like that. If you're looking for like another watch, if you like that really cool, like uh, versatile, like or not versatile, but like but like like tool vibe, like strong, but still looks really cool uh, watch. You know, like the other Seiko divers, like that turtle. Turtle is a very very good looking watch, but I see it and it's a tool watch. It's a watch that I would feel like would be appropriate to actually you know dive with or that I could be you know tough with. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. If you if you like that vibe for Seiko, I don't know if the sumo is right for you. But if you were <clears> like me and you would love something that you could easily wear with a suit, which I had done before, or with shorts, which I have done before, and now you have to change strap, not have to do any of that bullshit, the sumo is where it's at. It's such a it's such a it's a very weird Seiko diver, but it's one that I, I I'm very happy to have in my collection. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah, because I, I just I just became really curious because I don't think I've ever explored past the 7S26 line and the 4R36 line. I never really considered like a sumo or like a, uh, well, not a, not a samurai, but um, what's it called? The Shogun. Shogun. Is the uh, 6R15 <laughs> as well. That's like, that's essentially, like, that's like an all titanium, almost like sumo, but the case is a little bit different. The um, 6R15 movement is fucking awesome. I did not, I could not truly appreciate that movement because the Seiko Sumo was very early in my watch collecting. I couldn't appreciate that movement until I started adding other watches to my collection. And I would be like, oh my God, the 6R15 is fucking incredible. Like, yeah, and what's, it's such what's a amazing, good movement. <laughs> what's amazing is that, like, I mean, if I'm wrong, like a movement geek can correct me, but from my understanding is that they're all evolutions of like, the 7s26 or even Correct. like the 7002 uh in some instances um and that's just really cool to see like seiko do that um mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's cool yeah i like yeah. that uh, i like that blue lagoon samurai man that's that's the way to go not those not I, those I'm, new ones <laughs> i'm super happy i'm super happy I, I decided to go with this watch i talked about my experience purchasing it on a past episode i think i kind of detail it a little bit in the review online definitely check the review out if you haven't seen it already 
um, kind of talk about aspects of the watch and things I kind of you know expect of the watch, and it's just it's it's a very cool watch, but it's I don't know how it fits into the entire catalog of like normal Seiko divers. You know what I mean? I think my I think the headline from the review, <clears throat> not the literal headline, the metaphorical headline, was basically <laughs> the watch is cool, but it's one of those things where what makes a lot of Seiko divers super appealing is that they really wear age well. The wabi sabi whatever the fuck it's called. Like, like the damage just adds to the character of the watch. I am super afraid for when this, for when the Seiko Samurai Blue Lagoon gets damaged because I feel like it's going to lose its magic. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I think we had an episode a while back about <clears> like <throat> the first time you like damaged the watch. Oh man, yeah. That, I, that, was I, a, that was a pretty early one, right? Yeah, I think that was earlier. I, I, I told a story when I smashed the fuck out of my Seiko Blue Lagoon. <laughs> or no, I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean my Seiko uh, uh, Blue Mo, my, 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 my Sumo. I finally got a bad scratch on the hardlex on my turtle. Oh wow! Yeah, and it got—I was really irritated for a bit. Um, you can't buff that out, huh? Nah, no, nah, you can't. I, I don't think—I don't think Poly Watch works well with hardlex, but um, no. <laughs> but, I think that's for acrylic crystals only. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, now now I just look at it and you know tell myself like, hey, that's that's part of the watch now. You know, what are you gonna yeah. do? It's there's there's something about Seiko divers where they age incredibly well. So like when I first smashed my my Blumo, I was I I was heartbroken. But like now when I look at it, there's a huge. I mean you'll see it in pictures if you guys go and look online. There's a huge dent in the in the bezel um, at the thirty mark, and it's now just part of the watch. And every time I look at it, I just think of when I I hit the watch, you know. And it's the same thing with. Um, other watches I have, like my Raketa Big Zero, there's, I mean, when I, obviously, like things, the watch is older than I am, so when I got it, it had shit on it. But I've even, I've even done things to it, and it's just, I don't think the Seiko Blue Lagoon Samurai, this limited edition BL Samurai, is going to wear age well. We'll see. Maybe I'll do a write-up, you know, three years with the Seiko Blue Lagoon Samurai, but um, that was my only kind of con of the watch very cool watch but i don't really understand how it fits into the entire catalog of seiko dive watches it really it really doesn't and that's why and that's yeah. why i think that's why i think you feel that it's not going to wear that age well because most mm -hmm. most of the time that you see that it's something it's on something like a like a 6105 or a 7002 mm -hmm. like the one that you have um yep. uh or like a 62 mas or something like that uh never yeah it's weird i've never i've never really seen like a shot of like a beaten up like samurai and thought like wow that's cool like that that watch probably <laughs> you know got used by like a i don't know like a comex diver or something i don't know exactly <laughs> when i when i when i see seiko divers and uh, especially now with the new 62 moss people who have you know 62 masses that they have acquired or that they originally bought you know what i mean they're putting up pictures and like these original 62 MAS pieces have like like some seriously solid wear. I see that watch and I'm like, man, that watch must have seen some incredible stuff. When I see a, a Seiko Samurai all banged up, I'm probably gonna be like, man, that's a fucked up looking watch. You know I mean? like, oh, so, <laughs> someone chewed on that watch. Like I know there's just something about it. I I, I can't really can't really explain it. Um, I'm I'm but I'm looking forward to spending many 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 years with this watch to kind of get an idea, but. But, but otherwise, you know, I love it. It's yeah. it's just it is cool. And on that note, I just want to say something so. ab about the <clears throat> SLA zero one seven reissue sixty two um, MAS. Oh no! 
just really quick, just really. Quick. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, dude. I'm ready for it. What's really up? Really quick, um, you know, for a watch that costs that much, um, I don't know if I could beat it around like a Seiko. You know what oh, I mean? No, of course not. No, yeah, don't, don't beat that watch around, Michael. And three thousand dollar watch. Even so, not even considering the cost, because there are still expensive watches that I see and I'm like, yeah, I can beat that thing around, whatever. Um, but it's also it's super limited as well, right? It's like nine. How many did they make? I think like a thousand nine hundred sixty something pieces. Oh um, my god! Fuck my mouth! Jesus! They only made like roughly two thousand of them. Yeah, yeah. So like, oh, jeez. Like, how many of how many of your samurai are there? Like six thousand, right? They made six thousand in the world, and one thousand came to the U.S. Yeah, I'm not gonna want to beat that thing around like any other Seiko, <laughs> you know. It it's yeah. it's a watch that begs to have stuff done with it, you know. But I'm not gonna want to do it because it's essentially right. it's essentially a collector's item. Um, but yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about I guess, that watch. I guess that's the weird <laughs> thing about doing a limited edition run of a dive watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like when you said three thousand bucks, there's still watches I could spend on that and beat up. I I I I I'm not sure if I said it out loud or if I thought it in my brain, but like I immediately thought Tudor Pelagos. Like if I spent two thousand or three thousand bucks on a Tudor Pelagos, like yeah, dude, that watch is meant to be used. It's a fucking awesome watch. You know what I mean? Also, they're titanium. Good luck scratching it. You know, titanium scratches. Um, I think it scratches easily. Oh my god, really? I'm but it just—I don't think it—I don't think it shows up as much. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, man, that that sixty-two Moss reissue, and you know, for twenty eighteen, they're gonna do the same thing with the sixty-one fifty-nine seven thousand one. And somebody yeah. can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was introduced in nineteen sixty-eight. So we. You might... think you, you're? What's your? What's the kind of um, impetus behind that thought process that they're gonna do that again? I th- watch? I think after the very kind of explicit separation of Grand Seiko from Seiko. Mm. Seiko now has room to push push into higher price brackets. Um and I think they're gonna do so with these um limited edition prospects divers with the um I think it's the eight L movements. Uh like which yes. are essentially kind of like Yeah like Grand Seiko movements basically. Yeah, made in the same same factory in uh yeah. I think Morioka. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna happen in 2018 with the 6159 7001. And somebody, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I'd like to hear. It's just I don't know. I I I I when I see see so when I hear something like that, I immediately think, oh, that means they're gonna they're gonna completely ignore and shit on their, you know, under one thousand dollar watches. Do you get that sense? Or do you didn't think? Do you think maybe they're trying to shift away, or they're just trying to? broaden does that I, make sense i think they're i think they're trying to broaden but mm-hmm. i don't i don't think they understand why they do some of the things that they do like if you take if you take the 62 i'll tell you why because the swiss do it <laughs> well that's, that's sad that's sad that, that, <laughs> of course that, it's sad that means that one of the things i love the most about seiko is kind of like dissipating and disappearing um but yeah i'm gonna get really mad if i keep talking about this <laughs> Dude, this is the time to get mad. We are the two broke watch snobs. We're not the two amiable cookie snobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you if you take the, uh, I guess they call it the modern reinterpretation of the 62 MAS that they announced at Basel World this year. I think it's the SRPB something. Oh, the Prospects? 
weird. Or yeah, they're, yeah, there's still like a thousand bucks with a like a six R15 movement in it, and it's paying a thousand bucks for that shit, dude. It's just like I I don't understand the combination of like, you know, visual elements that they incorporated into that watch. Like I don't understand the hands. I don't understand like the blown up case size. I just I don't get it, you know. Here's my thought process because I I I'm I'm emotionally damaged and socially crippled. So I assume, I assume they made that prospects version, like the affordable modern reinterpretation, intentionally ugly, to encourage people to just buy the more expensive cooler. <laughs> you think so? Seriously, <laughs> I, I part of me is just like, bro, I don't know. I feel like, what's the point? They have to know. For, for, for a company that has done something so long and who has seen their fan base react to certain things, why would they make the choices they made with that more affordable 62 Moss reinterpretation? Yeah. They had to have known. And, and I, mean, I mean, even if you look at something like Your Samurai, um, you know, it, it's kind of, it's blended with a bunch of other stuff, you know? Some yeah, it's got, it's got what, like tuna hands or monster hands? I can't remember. Yeah, some some like that. And, you know, like people people that are really into like the original samurai models, like the orange dial, like titanium one is like the holy grail samurai or something like that. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't have those hands. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when they release, you know, the one that you have, people were all up in arms about it, I guess. You know, I'm just... yeah. I'm just as guilty, you know, when talking about these new 62 MAS models, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know what Seiko's doing sometimes. <laughs> and it's it may, it makes me a little sad. But uh, you know, I we'll see what happens. I yeah. think the I I will say a positive. I think it was probably a good thing to separate Seiko and Grand Seiko. You know. Yeah, and now and now you know what is what is Creedor? It's just like. It's just own like, thing. Yeah, it's 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 its own thing as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, what the last time I was in the uh, Seiko boutique, that was something that Joe Kirk, the boutique manager down there, was saying. Like, you're going to start seeing in the states a stronger presence for these individual Seiko kind of arms. So you're going to see a stronger presence for you know Creedor by itself, for Grand Seiko by itself, even for Galant or Galanti, however the fuck you say it, by itself. Like that's what's gonna. Oh my God, it's just a cat. I thought I thought a possum was calling at my like I almost stopped it to death. Sweetie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here, here, let me help you. My God. Make it make noise. We 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 tie bells on their necks so they make noise when they walk. But they've just learned to walk very quietly. <laughs> yeah, I could never have a cat. I thought a possum's calling at my like, sweetie, I almost curb stomped the piss out of you. You understand that, right? <laughs> That's okay. You're a good cat. But, uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know what I mean? Um, next Basel. I mean, I know I know it's weird we're already talking about next Basel, but I, I, we're all still, I'm, you know, personally kind of reeling from this last one, but, you know, um, we'll see what happens. If anyone out there, if, any, if, if there are any listeners who have one of those new Samurais, like, um, like, email us and tell us your thoughts about it. I'm curious to know what they're like. I know they just got released recently. Um, I think, like, a week or two ago, or two weeks ago, or a month ago. Uh, time, ever since I've been working with Rivka, time, ironically, I can't keep track of it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm surprised some people have them uh, and like that they're like released <laughs> and in circulation. I mean, because. Oh, I thought you meant you were surprised people actually bought them. Like, oh, I'm surprised you guys actually bought these watches. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are ugly. No, so. you, really don't, you really don't like them, man. That's funny. Hey, if you like them, that's cool. You know. 
they're, they're not for me. There's something... You know how some micro brands will put out a dive watch, and it's clearly an homage watch, but it's like a, it's like an Omega Seamaster, but with like blue hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. For I know. some reason, for some reason, that's what the new samurais feel like. They feel like homages of themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I I get you. I just so, I, I think I would have liked them if it weren't for that dial. Well, they don't all have that waffle texture, do they? Or do they? I think they all do. Interesting. Yeah, interesting, I th- interesting. I think they all do. If they didn't, I might have been looking to buy one. But. Okay. Well, either way, you know, if someone out there has the watch, if you like it, that's awesome. Collect in your own way. Don't worry whatever bullshit we're saying because we're just two assholes that have a podcast. If you have the watch, awesome. That's super cool. Dig it. But email us. Kind of let us, your, let us know your thoughts about it, especially if you have another Seiko diver. That would be super awesome. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but overall, you're you're happy with your. I I think your samurai is the one to have, personally. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm happy with it. I remember when they first announced it, and there was like some teaser images, and like I remember I remember I would look at those images and study them like 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 blurry nipples on like a static television from the '90s. I'm like, oh man, there's a there's a whole tit behind the rest of this bullshit. And man, I I gotta put myself in a position to get as much of this tit as possible. And like ever since those like, but like you remember that when those like weird renderings came out for the samurai and that uh, and the turtle, the blue lagoon turtle is just like, man, I feel like it could be cool, but like, I yeah. want to see more of this watch. Yeah, you know what no I mean? pre pre Basel or pre like big release for Seiko. Always there's there's always one guy in fucking I don't know where that that like leaks a photo from like a magazine or something, and then it's Tim from the office, and everyone knows, and everyone fucking hates that guy. Like, dude, fucking Tim's over there taking pictures of the internal catalog again, motherfucker. And and then he he's he's killed in the streets. Oh, he's very 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 publicly executed <laughs> as a show of what happens when you don't honor the company. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm looking at a I'm looking at a, a Pepsi dial, um, like the newest Samurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a black one, a blue one, and a Pepsi dial, I believe. And then there's like a black and gold one, I think. I think so. Or it could be crazy. Yeah, but Whoa. you know, I, I, these, you know, if if you aren't hunting for one of the like, you know, early like titanium ones, which which are just like awesome, yeah, this this blue lagoon is the one to have. I think. The box, or if you the, want... the box looks different too. That's that's pretty cool. It's the first time I see really? the box. It's got like a blue trim. Am I wrong? Oh, on mine, yeah, on mine it has a blue trim. Nice, very cool. Do the other uh do the other blue or the other blue other samurais have that too? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, the, the box is cool, man. It's just um whole experience with the watch is awesome. The only kind of weird dissonance is just I don't really understand how it fits into the entire product line of you know Seiko divers, but but uh we we can talk about that later. Should we move on to the main topic at hand as my cat falls out of this chair? If you fall out, <laughs> cat, it's your own fucking problem. This is good. I feel like we haven't talked about Seiko in a while, so we we had to get some stuff out. <laughs> well, because I because like I feel like there was a period of time where I think we I think it was actually it was during Basel we did like two or three episodes that were all on Seiko and like everyone was like, okay, guys, we get it. Like, <laughs> and I feel you guys, you guys like Seiko. <laughs> We'd like to hear about other stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we can move on to the main topic because otherwise I'm I'm gonna talk your ear off about some of this stuff. <laughs> 
Michael, let's talk about the 62 MAS some more. You want to talk about that watch some more? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the main topic we talked about in the beginning of the episode, you know, after we talked about like the giveaway and all that stuff like that, is um the really interesting kind of place that watch press occupies. Um, and now if, if this if this is if, if what we're talking about is not just in watch press, but it's also prevalent in like tech and automobiles. Uh, or even pens. I know some folks are in pens. What's up, Ben? Shout out to you. Like, let us know because we. I. I don't. I don't do anything except take pictures of my cats and print watches. So I don't really have any other hobbies. You know what I mean? So, if this is prevalent, let us know. But it's the idea that within watch press, uh, like like how watch press outlets make money and how that might compromise or not compromise the actual content which basically affects you guys the end users the guys who are actually like on their commutes reading on their phones or when you're at work supposed to be working uh ignoring your jira board just on the watchville <laughs> app you know what i mean i was i was i was reaching deep into my own past there man i don't know i don't know if you could tell <laughs> well hold on a minute hold on okay if, if this is common in car blogs I'm quitting my job as a watch writer. Mr. 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 Mario Ferrari the fourth. I have no idea what the I have no idea what those names names are over there. I just remember I just remember Enzo and that's about it. And I'm pretty sure that was fifty years ago. If some if somebody wants to give me an Aventador so I can write a <laughs> shitty review on it for like some blog. Hey, it's got some wheels. Uh it's got a wheel, uh I've got five wheels technically. You got the one you hand you handle with your hands. It's got four on the side and the hit the road, and uh, nine out of ten. Oh wow! I, I, I gotta buy this car. It's got it's got wheels. <laughs> so so we can agree then that it's it's unclear sometimes. <laughs> it's unclear sometimes whether or not the integrity or neutrality of the content that you're consuming uh, is being affected by the brands. Um, supplying products to journalists yeah whether whether the thing is um compensation is compensation whether that's someone saying hey here's our watch write about it by the way you can keep it or if it's just as overt as a check you know what i mean I, those things um i feel like will impact and will affect the type of write-up you do because okay so let's say there's a brand out there and not like not even within a niche or within a specific vertical let's just say there's a brand they make a product there's a there's a there's a press outlet that works in your hobby or within your niche and you're like, hey, these guys are doing this. Let's send them one of our products for free. You know, that way they'll be encouraged to write about it. If the person, if that press outlet that received that item for free writes honestly, and if they write honestly that that product is a piece of shit, that brand will never want to work with that press outlet ever again. And the thing is, the press outlet sees that as bad because the press outlets within Certain niches, let's just say watches, depend on brands for revenue. Because without revenue, they can't keep what they're doing. They can't keep doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? So it gets to the point where are we doing journalism or are we just another facet of watch brand marketing? Because I, I'm not going to say where I saw it, but I was going through a post and it was very clearly like a sponsored post on this thing. And I think they even said it was. I can't quite remember, but it was very clearly a sponsored post and like the comments like just lit up and someone was saying like, you know, oh, you know, I don't understand like all the sponsored stuff. Like it just doesn't make sense for us to be seeing this that has no relevancy to watches. And the person basically, I don't know if they were in charge or if they're like the main editor or what, but whoever was sort of, I guess, manning the website for that outlet at the time responded and they're like, hey, well, you know, 
we all thought this would be a great opportunity to show you guys a product you might want to purchase. And it's like, dude, that's not journalism. That's marketing. Like, you should never do a sponsored post or a post with that in mind. Well, you, you, it's not your job to tell people how to spend their money. It's your job to be a part of people's hobby and enthusiasm and a part of the niche and to report on things that are noteworthy to them. Not to tell them how to spend their fucking money, you know? Yeah. That's my opinion. And I, 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 I totally understand. But at the same time, I feel that, you know, I feel like you can vote with your click. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like if you don't want to see something, just don't. You know what I mean? You sure, but the thing is, a lot of times, depending on something is structured, you have to click it to even see if you want to make a decision. And the thing is, depending, I mean, there are certain ways you can check out the actual bounce rate at the actual on-page time, but if someone, there's really no very clear discernible difference between someone who clicks on something and reads it and someone who clicks on something and then clicks away. I mean, there are, but it's just, yeah. you could kind of adjust the optics and say to a brand, oh, well, you know, uh, we have an 80% you know, uh, uh, click rate, you know, 80% of our users who are on the website will click on uh, pages that have a black watch in the picture or pages that have watches that are above $40,000. And they could just say that to a brand, leaving out the bounce rate, bounce rate being how fucking often people click away from that page. And their brand will be like, oh, awesome. Let's pay these guys, you know, a thousand bucks for three articles or whatever the shit ever it is. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just, and the thing is, it affects the end users because you're now reading content that the brand wants you to read or the brand is positioned in a way to sell you something. It's not positioned in a way for you to be educated, which is something that we always talk about on the show, the educated user. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, well, okay. So, so I cut you off. So I'm sorry. You, you, no, I, I, I cut you off before. So, you know, my bad. You, 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 you go on. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm like, I'm mm. still... You know, I'm still learning about a lot of this stuff, um, you know, just myself. But I guess the question that I would ask is, um, how the hell do you keep the lights on then? Honestly, in this day and age, it's one of those things where if you're writing for a certain segment, if that segment, like, so like a specific niche or like a specific audience, if that audience understands if you're very transparent with them and you let them know like it's one of those things where you tell them we want to keep the lights on so it's one of those things where we could either do what the brands say or we have to figure out a way to write content for our audience that's supported by our audience you know what i mean so it's one of if this is the part where yes it is cynical yes michael we have to keep the lights on you know uh, uh certain wash press outlets of which i will not say the names of have to keep the lights on so it's one of those things where okay well someone has to fucking pay us we're not just doing this for free that they're going to be the brands or the users or the or, or the audience right you know what i mean oh, oh you, than, you can you can say it by the way <laughs> i'm not going to say any i'm not i'm not going to say any other watch press outlets on this fucking on this on this show because i don't want to give them any airtime on my shit gotcha you know what I mean? okay not saying oh yeah I mean, there's the only only watch press outlet that exists is two book watch knobs that's all i go to from now on there you go <laughs> god damn it oh, i mean a heart attack so it's just, I, yes, it is cynical. Yes, you have to keep the lights on as any type of like thing. But if other journalism outlets can do it without taking money from the people they're supposed to be doing journalism on, then there's no reason why watches can't do it. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. But, you know, when you when you run something like a, you know, modern day blog, also a huge, you know, it's just it's it's now one of the things that you're just supposed to do is um, yeah. is selling ad space. You know, so so, so I, I don't think ad space is actually that bad. I personally hate it, but I don't necessarily see it as compromising journalistic integrity. I think it's very ironic if someone writes a bad review for a brand and they also have a brand ad on their website. I find that I, I I just think that's very funny. You know what I mean? You know what well, I'm saying? actually, I, I would think I would think that that would show a healthy relationship between the outlet and the brand and that the brand is probably run by people people that are good enough sports to realize like hey this product wasn't a hit with this blog but we'll still advertise here and you know we'll try better next time yeah I, but dude all the all the brands get butt hurt i feel like all the brands are super butt hurt about the smallest line of criticism which is why and we talked about this before in the show which is why all other watch press outlet is positive all the time everything's always positive you know what i mean yeah yeah it's i keep um, cutting i keep cutting you off i'm so sorry dude. no no no. that 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 does that does happen and that i think is a huge problem i think i think it's a huge problem and um i think it kind of robs readers of what they're actually trying to find uh yes, when, when they yes. open up when they open up a, a review and stuff there's actually <clears throat> there's actually one watch journalist who did something with a brand he runs a very large <laughs> very very large watch blog with um some people that tried to hack us sometimes um <laughs> i fucking knew it i fucking knew it man you know and he you know he got it he got a press release one day and he um you know and I, I respect the guy for it you know and uh he's he's done very well in this industry for doing so um but anyways he 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 tore he tore the watch apart, you know, on one of his posts, and it was it was a very. Uh, I remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a very critical review, and I think you know people were happy to see it. Um, I I think when you're super positive all the time, people do get suspicious, and people, I think people think that money is exchanged more often than it actually is. I will say right. that. Um, you know, I. So I do work for a very big watch blog. <laughs> And, and I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you that, um, you know, money isn't being exchanged as often as you think it is, uh, especially when it comes to the reviews and, um, you know, like hands on features and stuff like that. It just mm -hmm. it just doesn't it doesn't happen. Um, so you do have a lot of press outlets that turn to running ad space or running sponsored content. Now I'll ask you if somebody if somebody runs something and clearly labels it as sponsored content, is that better? Are you are people more okay with that? Because I don't think people are more okay. I don't think people are. I think people still hate that. You know, I think people are annoyed by it because it's one of those things where you shouldn't just let any sponsored content that has a clear check on your website. You really have to cater. Be like, okay, yeah. You know, we've had good email conversations. I understand your product, but I don't necessarily think it's going to connect with our audience. So at this time, you know, we're going to have to maybe take a rain check on the sponsored post, but we're happy to revisit it for any new product offerings you have. It's I, I know that's super hard because you're turning down money, <laughs> but it's one of those things where we're not writing these things to make ourselves happy. We're writing these things to contribute to a niche, to contribute to people. And I'm, I'm, I probably have a failed idealistic view of it 
But I'm happy to go down with the ship on that one, playing my fucking violin, but that's just how I feel. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't have a problem with sponsored posts, but I have a problem with inappropriate sponsored posts. Like, what the fuck does your audience give a shit about this random-ass product? Oh, yeah, we're selling cock rings now. Yep. And we thought we I thought you guys would love reading about our sponsored post for cock rings. <laughs> like, what? That does See, happen. I would, I'd rather hear about a fucking reshared meal anal vibrator than this generic fucking unbranded cock ring. At least, at least it's a Richard meal anal, uh, Richard meal anal vibrator. Can you know we, I mean? can we write to Mister Richard Meal and ask him to, uh, <laughs> to? We really love this brand a whole lot. We talk, it's, we talk about him a funny lot. To, it's funny to make fun of them, dude. <laughs> it's just funny to make fun of them. I don't know. Yeah. What should we tell? What should we tell Mister uh, Mister Francois Richard Meal for? <laughs> I don't know. I'll draft something up and have you read it over. Let's tell him... No, actually, I was about to say, let's ask him if he'll make an anal vibrator, but we can't because he'll make it and charge way more than we can afford for it. You know what I mean? We should ask him to come on the show. Should we... Should we... <laughs> what have we got to lose? Nothing. Nothing except the five minutes it'll take the right to write the email. Exactly. Should we see if we can find a press contact for <laughs> Richard Meal? So if you guys want to hear an, uh, an interview with Richard Neal <laughs> on the Two Broke Watch Snobs podcast, let us know. I think it'll you be give fun. Us, just, just give us a heads up. Someone, uh, a couple of users were saying it would be funny if we got Obama on the show because apparently Obama's a big vintage watch guy. I didn't know that. I knew I knew he was into those uh, Vulcan watches that we talked about last time. I didn't know he was into like vintage watches. You saw those comments, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're they're interesting. There are a ton of like actors and actresses that are really into just like watches in general. Like, like Ellen Ellen DeGeneres is like Ellen DeGeneres is huge into watches. How like, crazy is that? Like a super heavy hitting like vintage Rolex collector. Um, yeah. Well, here I think here's what happens. I think when you get to a certain point and you have so much disposable income, you want to sort of entrench yourself in something that will allow you to exercise that income appropriately. So. I don't necessarily know if it's a chicken before the egg thing. Did Ellen like watches before she had money? When she was still doing stand-up and all that bullshit? Or did she like watches after she got money? Or does it matter? I don't know I don't know if it even matters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, who knows? Um, who fucking knows, man? I saw a picture of, I think it was Matt Damon wearing like an old, old Rolex Explorer. Like not even like, the, like, 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 with just like, like they just, they, they took, took it off a corpse on Everest. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tiny ass fucking watch, and I'm like, what the fuck is he wearing? So like, the thing is, I don't know if that means Matt Damon likes watches, or if he just felt like blowing a few hundred, a few thousand. Or I've never noticed that watches. <laughs> so if you guys want nice free watches, just climb Everest and and you just climb Everest. They're and, all up there, man. And raid the corpses. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yes, dude. I've played enough Diablo two to know that corpse raiding. You can get some really cool shit just by looking at corpses. You never know, dude. Well, yeah, you thing is, you got to be playing in hell mode. If you can go uh, go up Everest on Helm, I don't mind. I've no idea if you ever played Diablo two. Um, no, but continue. <laughs> I'm sure some listeners. You got you gotta climb Everest on Helm mode so you get better drops. You go up there, you start raiding corpses. One of them is bound to have a fucking Rolex on it, or maybe one of the Sherpas has an old vintage, you know, citizen. Although I'm pretty sure Sherpas don't die in the mountains. I'm pretty sure it's just their European, European, uh. uh Patrons, they, they you know I mean? yeah, they don't. They have like superior DNA and 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 like skeletons. They live up there, man. They're yeah. fine. I mean, they're, they're probably not fine. They probably sucks up there, but they're used to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Well, we were talking about press outlets that deal with man, watches, that's try, right. try, try, trying to make you know, money. 
So sponsored posts suck. Ads are kind of weird. Suck if they're, they, they suck if they're inappropriate. If there's a brand and they've done something cool um, and like let's say they innovated a new like movement or they're using alternative materials in a movement and they approach a press outlet and they say, hey, we're doing these movements and we're now using a, a revolutionary, I don't know, silicone escape movement bullshit or whatever. Um, and that brand says, okay, that's awesome. You know, you, uh, would you be open to the opportunity of a sponsored post because a lot of our audience really likes hearing about like watch movements. They don't want to just hear about like the depth rating and what watch is blue and what watch has rose gold. Like they're like movement geeks. See, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like being, it's like, it's like selectively having sex and just being a whore. You know what I'm saying? A whore, a whore will just fuck whatever has a check. Selectively banging someone, you're like, okay, I think we're compatible. We like the same stuff. We both like brunch. Let's let's make this work. Does that make sense? You, you and I are going to watch hell. <laughs> what? No, dude. Seriously, I, that's just like that's my impression of it. Don't be a whore. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> you are. You and I are going to watch hell. It's a place where you can only wear an Invicta on your wiener. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm in hell. I have bigger problems <laughs> than what watch I have on my dong. That's three dong jokes. Uh, I can't. You know what I'm I can't believe. Oh, don't 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 be a don't be an horological whore. Don't be a hashtag <laughs> horological whore. That's so, all I'm saying. So if they're so you say if they're appropriately tailored for the readership, it should yes. it should be fine. Because if you're a watch press outlet, you're not just pissing in the wind to make yourself feel happy. You're doing something for your audience to kind of really engage with a certain niche or community and again i might have this like really like doomed like optimism idealistic optimism about it but like that's just how i feel that's why the, the, so it's just more intrinsically and more specifically to us michael there have been things that brands have approached us with that we have just not written about because they're just ridiculous that's i'm not true. gonna say what i'm not gonna say what brands but they'll be like oh we innovated this new uh this new blah 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 in order to keep your uh, in order to keep your drink cool. It's like we're not fucking writing that. That's ridiculous. Can I have who a, the fuck is a shit? Can I have a watch that is also a koozie? I'd write about that. <laughs> I would. A full disclosure. I would super. I would super write about the koozie watch. That's a big like, watch. Like, that's. I guess it would have to be a pretty big watch. You know what I mean? It would be like it would be like a Hercules bracelet, a Hercules cuff cufflet, you know, bracer. Yeah, I think. Um... It's it's definitely a weird state of affairs right now. Where I also th- I also think that some watch blogs, I think that some watch blogs are also growing so fast um, to the point where they weren't expecting it, and now they're actually trying to keep up with that growth in terms of the revenue that they bring in. Uh, and I see I see some blogs taking a different approach, like selling ties, or <laughs> or five hundred dollar coaster sets. You can or, do, you or, can do or, that too. So I mean, what what do we what do we say about that? Selling well, products because that's, well, that's here's a the, big thing. Here's the here's the problem because now you're trying to run your press outlet as a business. I think you th- try you run it as a business. If you're like, hey, we have to try and make better profits than we had done last year. We have to have better EBA than we had last year in order to kind of keep sustaining our growth. And if you have investors. In order to kind of you know make sure we have a strong portfolio and make sure our investors are 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 are, are happy, that's an issue because again you're a business dude you're selling stuff like like I, I I don't know it's just now if it's one of those things where it's like hey we know you guys like uh, our website we know like our blog so we thought we put our logo on a shirt and sell them for ten bucks a pop so you guys have the opportunity 
to actually like support the blog and get something back, that's different. But selling Michael a $12,000 hourglass that only tracks 15 minutes is fucking ridiculous. All right. <laughs> hey, it's hey, ridiculous. I want, I, hey, I want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it says to use an allusion to it's a either yeah, to use, use an allusion to Tommy Boy. It's as logical as selling a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Why am I going to spend 12,000 bucks on an hourglass that only tracks 15 minutes from a website that's supposed to be an uncompromised journalism kind of uh, orological watch press thing you know what i'm saying this this is this is the episode where we where we make the best references to people without saying the name <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i don't want to say names i don't want i don't want to give them any type of traffic or any type of exposure on this fucking show <laughs> i got you the only, the only website that exists is twobookwatchnops.com <laughs> and and Rifko watches when it's when it's live <laughs> uh, it's gonna be sweet Man, so products just, products it, are weird. I like the idea of t-shirts. I mean, I would I would rock a toothbrush watch knobs t-shirt. I would rock the piss out of a tube. I do. I would rock a. I still think we should make toothbrushes. I think toothbrushes are a great fucking idea, bro. Do, do you think Do you think if we showed up to Basel with toothbrushes that the Swiss would find it insulting? Um, uh, they would probably accept it, but not make a big deal because they don't want to be rude because they're European. But as soon as we left, they'd be like, who the fuck were those ass wipes handing out toothbrushes? You know what I'm saying? They would take them, but they would probably just throw them away. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't think they're as confrontational, Michael, as you or I. <laughs> I, I I'd, pro- I'd also probably buy a set of Two Broke Watch Knobs um, coasters as well. You know cool. what's funny? I could 3D print coasters. I could 3D print Two Broke Watch Knob coasters. Okay, listeners, is there anything cool you want me to 3D print as like two book watch knobs like tchotchkes because I can fucking if I'm printing a watch I'm pretty sure I can print whatever the fuck anyone wants at this point you know what I'm saying <laughs> I feel like a set of coasters would take a pretty long time no you'd be surprised you'd be surprised not that long okay so Michael full disclosure the only reason it takes me a long time to print certain things is because I have to print very slow if I print fast I increase the chances of a line not kind of being the right shape because the machine has the tendency to move. That's the one downside of my machine. It has a tendency to move. If I print slow, um, it won't shake. So like right now I'm printing, so if anyone hit 3D prints, this is gonna sound fucking ridiculous to you, but trust me, this is what I have to do for this watch because <laughs> things are only 0.2 millimeters thick, people, all right? Yep. Uh, I, I print at one millimeter uh, 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 per, like, per, per second or per minute, whatever it is, as opposed to the industry standard, which is between uh, 100 and 150. 100 150 uh, millimeters print speed is normal. I'm printing at one. O-N-E. I don't know how to spell one <laughs> in other languages. And so when I have the printer on, I turn it on and I just watch it. And it's like watching it's like watching paint dry. And I'm like, man, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in this position. Like my fiance is going to come home to a squatting skeleton just just decaying. You know what I'm saying? That, that reminds so, me. That reminds me of a very, very sad thing my wife and I saw on uh, the Fourth of July. Who would you see? <laughs> so we were driving up to see some friends, and mm-hmm. um, you know there was there was kind of some traffic on the highway, and it turns out that there was a really bad accident with somebody on a motorcycle. Oh, that sucks. And that never ends well for the person on the motorcycle. No, very rarely. And so you see, you see the you see the body on the floor with with the tarp over it. Okay. And uh, I don't know why, just the first thing that came out of my mouth was, that guy is D-E-D, dead. 
And my wife got so mad. I'm sure she didn't appreciate that. Working working in, in medicine, I'm sure she did not appreciate that at all. You know what I do whenever I'm stuck in traffic? Like, if I'm in bad traffic, and Becky hates this. If I'm in bad traffic, I'm like, yo, someone better be fucking dead. For us to be held up in traffic this long, we better drive by a field of charred corpses. And she'll be like, don't say that. I'm like, they can't hear me if they're dead. It doesn't matter. He does not like when I make that joke. Oh, uh. So I all think, the jokes that I make she doesn't like that one. I think maybe a good a good point to wrap up, um, or a good question to kind of try to wrap this up with is how do you kind of maintain the best integrity of content? Hey Leia, the best integrity of content in like a watch blog, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to create something that's a hundred percent like for the watch enthusiast with zero influence from brands. But having like like we do, having a very transparent relationship and just continuous conversations with you guys, with the listeners, with the website visitors, with the people who actually listen to the podcast, and just kind of sustaining the relationship that way, because that's something that has never been done. Because I'll tell you right now, a lot of other blogs don't do that type of relationship. A lot of other blogs won't engage with you guys in the way that we do because it's fucking difficult for them. Like they're stuck in their ways of. Uh, you know, getting in press releases, doing this, getting in emails, getting in cold emails from people who have Kickstarters and they want to do a sponsored post and they want to buy ad space, blah, blah, blah. They're so stuck in that that they won't have a conversation with you guys. Michael, I have had in-depth conversations with our users about my genitals off air. You know what I mean? <laughs> every episode. I, 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 I mean, aside from every episode, I'll have email. I'll, I'll, I'll describe my genitals in emails to people. Not inappropriately, guys. Come on, stay with me on this one. But, like, I don't know how... I don't know of any other places that will do that, but that's honestly what it is. It's not. It's not us. Um, it's not us in a position of like authority or power and like showing like watch content. We think you. Guys, we think you guys will find cool. It's all of us together talking about cool shit. We just happen to have the podcast <coughs> and the website. Ooh, hey dog. You know what I'm saying? Hey, come on, stop it. Dog does not agree with me. I think she agrees with you. So, Kaz, Kaz, I find your argument frail, un, uh, unpoperly researched, and I find your academic rigor appalling. <laughs> I spit in your direction, sir. You uncultured swine. Um, <laughs> uncultured feline swine. I think probably, that's probably the worst insult for a dog to lob at anything. Feline swine. You know? So what do you think about... Um, well, so far, if you, if you take the Patreon that we run, for example, we are... Right, a hundred percent funded by our listeners and by our readers, um, yeah. And that and that begs begs the question, you know, what what do we think? Because I think it's in a very weird stage right now, but people have jumped to this uh, <clears throat> subscription only models. Okay, so like that's the idea of gated content. The idea is that you are only funded by people who pay to see your content. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why some outlets do it. I don't want to do something like that. I think there oh, are. Oh, I would never. I, think, I would never. Yeah, do no. That. That's to, just to clarify that. That's not. That's not ever going to happen. This show, as you're listening to it right now, will always be freely available to you guys because this is the most fun I have in the week. Sitting down over the internet with Michael, talking about you know watches and dicks for an hour and a half, so you guys and we can all hang out together and talk about it for a week afterwards until the next episode airs. You know what I mean? Um. I understand why some places will do it, but I feel like that's an aggressive way of trying to restructure 
their pay model. It's also, Michael, frankly speaking, in response to people who um, not pirate content, but will read without giving anything back. Not even to like, not even like in terms of like, like monetization, but they won't like comment, they won't share any links, they won't blah, 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 you know what I mean? So they'll, I'm weird about it. I think, <clears throat> my asthma's kicking in. I think there are some opportunities to do, we've talked about this uh, off air in the past also, and we've talked about this with you guys, the listeners, and some of you think it's kind of a cool idea of doing, in addition to this show, which is totally free, like 15 or 30 minute segments that are that are for Patreon contributors, like like just like really cool, like like Spitfire, like fifteen minutes, like oh, Ublo just released that Foreskin watch. Michael and Cass talked about. Let's can't, get can't on the wait. air. I cannot fucking wait for Jean Claude's be there facelift mummy ass to get on stage and talk about the Foreskin watch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> fucking pumped, dude. Um, like fifteen minutes of us, you know, talking about that, and people who contribute to the Patreon, uh, they'll have access to that. What we've also talked about what would be a lot of fun is um, like uh, actually getting like people together like on a phone call with us. You know what I mean? Right. That would be super, super, super cool. Um, so in regards to like like gated content, I, I understand why some some brands do it. Uh, why Especially like press outlets. Like I think like doesn't like Time Magazine or Wall Street Journal do that or some bullshit? I think Forbes, The Economist, stuff like that. Yeah. Right, right. I understand the mentality behind it. It's a bit aggressive to me. Um, but here's the thing also. I think, Michael, you and I with Two Broke Watch Knobs and with you guys at home, the listeners, we're in such an interesting, unique position to do something new. To really redefine the kind of orological like journalism paradigm that we're dealing with, you know what I mean? It's not brands telling us stuff, us talking with brands and deciding what to tell you guys. It's us kind of hearing about brands, maybe talking with them, and then talking with you guys, talking with you guys, not at you guys, about what that news thing is or what what that. What you'll notice also with our with our website is we never say on a on a review buy or don't buy a watch. You know what I'm saying? Right. I try and keep them super neutral. This is what I like about the watch. This is what's what, you know, is kind of like lacking in the watch, what I don't like about the watch. You know, if you like these types of watches, you'll like this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll never say, uh, uh, you know, oh, nine out of 10, you know, definitely add to your collection. Like, that's so weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, what, whatever, whatever the future holds for us. <clears throat> I mean, I think, I think the importance is just kind of making sure that we do everything for our readers and our listeners like yeah and it's even it's even it, this is just like all so new for me I don't, I don't know about you but like to see like to see monthly patrons you know again and again i'm just like like that's what it's <laughs> kind of like what motivates me to like i don't know like just write better produce something better for two broke watch snobs and like um you know download some obscure compressor on like the web and like fry fry my computer to make the podcast sound better um it's just yeah because that's 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 validation that's the idea that not only are people listening not only are you guys hearing us talk but you believe in what we're trying to do you believe in not just like our perspective on neurology you believe in our our view of ourselves within watch journalism you know what i mean yeah yeah so it, it's it's super cool it's just it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a weird one. I'm really really excited for what comes down the road. You know what I mean. I'm really really excited for the challenges to always make sure. 
because we're going to get challenged. There are going to be instances, Michael, where it might be easier for us to do something. It might be more financially viable for us to do something, but always having to keep that in check with, you know, how we interact with you guys, how we interact with you, like with, with, with the listeners, with the, with the website readers. Like I, I, it's super weird, but I'm really looking forward to just that kind of stuff. Like me too. Always making sure we're keeping our shit real. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that should be our new, our new, our new motto. Two broke wash knobs. Always keeping our shit real. Yeah. Yeah. We can do some, nothing, like nothing about watches in there. <laughs> it's just, it's just keeping our shit real, dude. Uh, well, that's, I mean, that's good, man. I, I'm, I'm excited and I'm, I'm happy to, to hear what people have to say about the topic. Um, you know, what kind of, yeah. what kind of outlets you guys feel comfortable with, what kind of outlets you think are doing shady stuff. You guys let us know. Um, you know, uh, I think as we're wrapping it up, don't forget to enter the Two Broke Watch Knobs 2,000 follower Instagram giveaway. That is because if you don't, yeah. if you don't, if you don't enter it, Michael is going to keep that watch. Yeah, <laughs> I almost wore that. I almost wore that thing today, but I was like, I should respect this watch if I'm going to. Don't it. wear the watch. It's for the people. It's for the nice people at home, dude. Come on, I'll, I'll, you you already have an SKX, don't you? I do. I do. I have a Pepsi nice i like it oh that's right that's right <laughs> yeah don't forget to enter uh it's just a matter of going to twobrokewatchsnobs.com scrolling to the bottom and signing up for our bi-weekly newsletter you'll get a confirmation email and that's it you're entered um and is there anything else we want to say when we close out uh you know thoughts and opinions on the topic enter the contest giveaway keep an eye out for rifka watch news because uh, i'm getting to the point where i'm now kind of tinkering with post-processing um do, do i have a couple minutes to just talk about like the like the like the design stuff i was talking talking to you about hell yeah okay so i basically redesigned the watch so i had hit this weird wall where it occurred to me that i was designing the rifka mtp1 to look like a watch that just happened to be 3D printed. It could have looked like any other watch. It just happened through. And so I had this weird, like, like, dude, I'm 3D. I could I am complete control of fabrication. I don't have to have our hands look like other hour hands. I don't have to have markers look like other markers. And so I had this really weird, crazy moment where I wanted to play with texture. I want to play with depth because it has a very high dome. So basically, in a nutshell, the Rivka MTP1 uh, is going to look like a tree. <laughs> so basically it's um when you look down at the watch the perspective will be as if you're looking down from the top of a tree to the bottom of the ground and there's layers there's visual layers to the watch so the very top layer of the watch is the seconds hand so the seconds hand isn't really like a hand it's more of um a circular collection of basically leaves it's going to be like leaf shaped not like overtly leaves but they're leaf shaped and they're kind of going, they're going to go in like a circle like that. The next layer is going to be like the body of the uh, tree. And so that's going to be comprised of the hour of uh, the minute hand, which has a leaf shape, but also a floating chapter ring, which is going to kind of be suspended in the middle of the open space of the watch. Beneath that is going to be my favorite part. And it's the hour hand. And that's basically going to be the, the, the trunk slash uh, stump of the tree. So there's going to be tree rings in there. It's going to rotate. It's going to have an indicator for like the hour, like where the hour is pointing. Um, and then beneath that is going to be an actual like dial color. So um, I'm still experimenting with colors and things like that. But it's going to have, I wanted it to feel like something 
special but still super accessible that just didn't feel like another any other watch but still was a watch so that's that's that like like i could just design it to look like a chunk of shit and call it a watch but it won't really look like a watch i wanted it to look really really cool to look really really special but still function as a watch so that's basically what's happening right now um i'm looking forward to sharing more stuff Definitely keep your, your positivity my way. If the way I describe the watch makes it sound stupid to you, I'm super sorry, but it's one of those things where if I don't make what's in my head, I will I will basically lose my mind. Just, just go crazy. Just email Kaz and yell at him. Just email email me the words, Kaz, I'm yelling at you, and I will go and listen to as much emo music as I can. Rabble, really just rabble, rabble. <laughs> mail your pitchforks to kazmirza at gmail.com that, that's not my email don't email anything there um but yeah so that's basically that's basically it right now it's 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 i want it to look special i want it to look artful but i still want it to be a badass watch and i wanted it to i wanted to basically be in control and not have to follow any other watch structure so that's that's the holdup. It's kind of figuring out some of that stuff. But I got the second hands down. I got the hour hand down, which is incredible because it has tree rings in it. Um, the tree rings are also um, they're they're open, so whatever the dial color is beneath, you're gonna see that. So you'll see the tree trunk, but you'll see the dial color through the tree rings. Um, I got the hour hand down. I got the floating chapter ring down, and it's just uh, a matter of getting everything together, getting the crown on there, and putting it on my wrist. I just found a pitchfork on Amazon Prime and I just sent it to you. Okay, good. How much was that? I'll reimburse you. It was twenty bucks. I am not paying you twenty bucks. That you have ripped <laughs> off, dude. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll pay you ten bucks. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll split the difference with you. <laughs> Deal. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool, man. But yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, yeah ex- that's... I'm excited that you that you kind of um, sort of reimagined some of the. Uh, some of the key features and that uh, that sounds like i don't know i'm interested i'm interested in seeing what you come up with i i I hope it's cool i know it's hard for people to like visualize it based off the description but i think when you guys see it it'll be cool but i i just that's the big thing i wanted to play with texture i wanted to play with layers i wanted to play with depth i didn't want you to just turn your arm look at a watch and see you know with dial and our hands i wanted this thing to be Immediately, immediately recognizable when you saw it. Oh fuck, that's that's one of those Rivka MTP ones. Those things are fucking ugly. Or oh fuck, those things are fucking awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> whatever, whatever polar extreme your emotions will jerk you into or jerk you off into, I go. Uh, 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 that's what I want the watch to do. You're either gonna love it or you're gonna be like, this is. I'm not putting that on my wrist. I will get wrist cancer if I put that on my wrist. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man. Well, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. I'm tired. So, yeah, enter two broke watch now, 2,000 follower giveaway, Seiko SKX007. Go to the website, scroll the way to the bottom, enter to, uh, uh, to get the newsletters. They're only once every two weeks. Confirmation email, you'll be good to go. Open to everyone, uh, whether you're you know only on Facebook or whether you only listen to us on SoundCloud or whatever the fuck. Anyone, just go to the website, twobrokewatchstop.com and do it. Um, give us your thoughts and opinions on today's topic. Or this week's topic in regards to watch press outlets. Do you think? Do you get pissed off when you see a sponsored post? Do you understand watch press outlets? You know, need to make money. Blah blah blah. Do you think there's a better way? Do you think something we said is completely egregious and very stupid, and you have to let us know? 
regardless of your thoughts and opinions, do let us know them. Uh, Am I missing anything? Ah, that's it. That's it. All right. Let's do we do this. I, 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 I don't want to go. Ah, my name is Mike. Uh, this is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Book Watch Snobs. We will talk to you guys later. Peace. See ya.